the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this evening of Monday, Thursday, begins the Tridium for the sacred three days. Monday, Thursday receives its name from the mandatum or commandment given by our Lord. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And at the Last Supper, Jesus washed his disciples' feet and commanded them to love and serve one another as he had done. This day commemorates the Lord's example of servant ministry, the institution of the Eucharist, the agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the betrayal leading to the crucifixion. But tonight, I want to focus on the first part of what this day commemorates, the example of being a servant. Now, Jesus gave us a perfect example of how to serve. He reminds us in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, and Mark chapter 10, verse 45, that he came to serve, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give life as a ransom for many. So as Jesus came to be a servant, we must follow his perfect example of being a servant. But Jesus does not want us just to serve for the sake of serving. Or so we can check a box or say that I volunteered at this or I did that, so I'm good for a few months. That's not the example that Jesus displayed for us. He wants us to have a heart for serving or a servant's heart. What does it mean to have a servant's heart? I came across this definition for it where it says, a servant's heart means to have a mindset or desire to selflessly and sacrificially serve others, regardless of your feelings towards them or what it may cost you. This means you must put aside any feelings of bitterness or resentment and live to serve anyone whose path you may cross without hesitation. If we truly want to live this out, it is a very big responsibility. And if we think about what we had just heard in John's gospel, I may have gone the wrong way. I'll skip that for now. <laughs> but in John's gospel, we hear that Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. John tells us he rose from supper, laid aside his outer garments and taken a towel, tied it to his waist, then poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. Now when he washed the disciples' feet, he washed all the disciples' feet, including Judas. Just think about what was going through Jesus' mind as he bent over the dirty feet of Judas Iscariot and washed them with water and wiped them with a towel. He was not only washing the feet of man who had the devil in his heart, who was about to become the biggest traitor in human history. He was washing the feet of one of his disciples whom he had chosen, whom he had taught and ministered to. He also commissioned Judas and gave him power to preach in his name. 
as he had done with all the other disciples. And Judas was there when Jesus calmed the storm and fed the 5,000 and when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And still, Judas was about to set in motion the event that God would use to bring about the horrifying death of his son through the crucifixion. A death that hours later, Jesus would beg the father to avoid. If he could, sweating drops of blood and palpable sorrow. Judas is on Jesus' mind when he prays in the garden later that night also. In John 17, chapter 17, verse 12, we, while Jesus was praying specifically for his disciples, Jesus says to the Father, While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So Jesus, knowing all this about Judas and what he was doing, yet John tells us in verse 1, he still loved him. He loved his own disciples until the end, and his own included Judas. Now Jesus could have easily asked Judas to leave before the meal or before he had washed the, feet, the disciples' feet. Knowing all that Jesus knew, he could have just skipped Judas also. But instead, Jesus waits until he had washed Judas' feet, along with the other disciples, as if to say, you are still one of mine, and I still love you. What an example of what it means to, to serve with love, without bias, or selfish, selfishness. And what a perfect example of a servant's heart. Despite how he felt about Judas, he still served him and washed his feet because he loved them till the end. And that what it, that's what it is truly to have a servant's heart. But I believe it's something we can all relate to. Sometimes we want to serve those who are lovable. Or we can just let our feelings or judgments about someone or something lead us not to serve at all. But being a servant of God will not always be easy. Sometimes God will call us to what appears to be the most difficult thing in our life at that moment. However, we must persevere. Our kindness, compassion, and sacrifice will be honored. And when we act in love, we act in the name of God. Thus, we should always strive to live as his servant, to give ourselves completely to his will. And if it does, not seem, if it does seem too difficult, just remember, Jesus left the commandment that Jesus left for us to love one another. And not doing it for honor and glory, but because of our love for Jesus. But Jesus also set another example for us when he washed the feet of the disciples. If we look back in time, washing of feet was a common practice in Israel at that time. If you think about most people wore sandals. They didn't have shoes. The roads were all dirt. And they usually went barefoot around their houses. So frequent washing of the feet was a necessity. And it was customary for a host <coughs> to give his guests water 
for washing of his feet. To omit this was a sign of unfriendliness. It was also customary to wash the feet before meals and going to bed. But in John's account of the Last Supper, Christ washed his disciples' feet that he might give an example of his own wonderful humility. It's not a particularly pleasant task washing someone else's feet. The feet would have been caked with grime from the day's travel, the dust of the road, but he takes off his cloak, puts on a simple towel of a slave, and he was dressed for the sort of menial service that was despised by proper respecting Jewish people. Yet in humility, the Son of God gets down on his knees and washes the disciples' feet. It's an incredible, powerful picture of what it means to be a true servant. And as the passage goes on to say, it's an example we, as disciples of Christ, are to follow. But this washing is symbolic of something far greater and far more profound than just getting rid of a bit of dust. The action itself was a way of showing his willingness to serve, and that which servants of the lowest rank were employed. This act is a simple example to teach us to think that nothing is below us when we're doing it for God and for God's glory and for the good of others. It is not the act of a king, not what we expect of a king anyways, but the act of a servant. It's the act of someone who is so humble as to consider others better than himself. The act of someone who is prepared to lower and debase himself so that others might be raised and exalted. See, that's the nature of a true king and of a true leader. They humble themselves and, be, and become a servant. Though he can claim rule over all things, he comes not to be served, but to serve and to give life for, for many. And that is the example we are to follow. We must remember that no task is below us when it brings glory to God. That's what is meant to be a servant of God, a Christian leader. That's what it's all about, following the example of our Lord and Savior and being willing to humble ourselves in the service of God's kingdom. The world needs servants, and they need Christian leaders to do the work for the kingdom. Especially in today's world, that seems to be going farther and farther away from God. Our world needs people who are willing to do the work necessary, despite it being hard, despite the fact that it will probably be unpopular, despite how unimportant it may seem. People who are willing to serve is what is needed to spread the kingdom of God. Yet as much as Jesus was a servant to his disciples and us, he is also our Lord. Often we seem to think that these two things don't go together. To serve someone else, we think, is somehow weak. To humble, be, humble ourselves before others is to be powerless. What Jesus commands his disciples to do is a revolution in human relationships.
when he says, I am your teacher and your Lord. And he says in verse 13, I have washed your feet. If I can do it, then so should you wash each other's feet. Jesus set an example for his people to follow. An example of service. To perform some lowly and seemingly menial task for another is putting ourselves in a position of being less than. But it's following in the footsteps of the King of Kings. And remaining in a place of humility while still retaining our identity in Christ is a constant challenge to those who are disciples of Jesus. So I ask these following questions. Are we following the example of our Lord? Are we washing one another's feet? And I say this not necessarily meaning we should wash one another's feet, <laughs> but in a broad attitude of humble service to each other and to the world. Remember, Jesus tells us in verse 16 that no servant is greater than his master and no messenger greater than the one who sent him. Are we even subconsciously saying, I am greater than you, Jesus, because I don't have to serve others? See, sometimes our thinking is polluted by the world's way of thinking. For many of us, there is a desire to be a leader, a center of attention, the most powerful, or one who is looked up to and respected. Our ambition is to be served by others because we want to think of ourselves as more important than them. But being a humble servant might mean being prepared to do those degrading, menial tasks that we might think are below us. But it's just as likely to simply mean having an attitude of service to our fellow man. And in this world where most ask the question, what can I do for myself? But as people who have been washed clean and transformed by the blood of Jesus, our attitude needs to be the same as his. What can we do for others? With this example in mind, we are all called to be servants in the kingdom of God. But be cautious that we don't deceive ourselves. We can so easily use the doing of menial tasks themselves as a way of avoiding the real and important but demanding vocations that we alone can fulfill. Or we can even use them as a way of showing how humble we are so that we can be proud of how humble we are. The point is the same today as when Jesus made it to his disciples. We should be looking away from ourselves and at the world we are supposed to be serving. Where the world's needs and our giftings and callings meet is exactly where we ought to be. Ready to make, to take on insignificant roles if that's what God will is for us. Or to be publicly visible if that's what our calling is. And as with Jesus, the picture of foot washing is meant to serve not only as a picture of all sorts of menial tasks that we may be called to perform without drawing attention to them. It also points to it a much bigger or much larger challenge 
the challenge that Jesus issued to Peter in the last chapter of John, the challenge to follow Jesus all the way to the cross, to lay down life itself in the service of God, in the world he came to save. That is a challenge I leave for all of us to pray about over the days and weeks to come. Pray about where God is calling you to serve. There are plenty of opportunities to serve right here within the church, whether it's children's ministry or in the kitchen or VBS, Good News Club, CBS, but there's plenty of opportunities in the world also. These are just a few examples of some things that are right in front of us. But there are many more opportunities if we take the time and pray about where God is calling us to serve. But then, when we, then we must answer that call, whether we feel if we are qualified or out of our comfort zone. So trust, trust God and go where you are called. And when you do not follow, when you do follow the example that Jesus set for us, serve willingly, humbly, and with a servant's heart. To God be the glory. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.